Academy podcast. I'm Fallon. I'm Michelle. And today, just letting everybody know. <laughs> no, let me tell them, please. No, no, no. I'm not saying about my my skin. I'm talking about <laughs> how I'm gonna blow your fucking mind by the end of this podcast. Well, let's backtrack because <laughs> I can't. Now that we're in this light. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. Fallon has been doing. Fake tan. Spray tan. Yeah. Fake spray tan. Mm-hmm. Right? So for a little bit now. For the summer. And I don't know if anyone out there that's listening is a fan of the TV show Friends, <laughs> but there is an episode where Ross goes and gets a spray tan because he just needs some color. Yeah. A little pop of color. A little pop of color. And he didn't understand how to use the booth. And he ended up, it was this whole bit on how he was freaking out because he kept getting sprayed on one half, like his front side of his body. And so it was like, well, you got two twos? There's levels now of got, dark. Yeah, I know there's levels, but he got like three twos on one half. Well, Fallon's Ross today. Yes. And if you could see what I'm seeing right now, I don't even know if I can go this whole recording and not... Just laugh every once in a while because all you can see are teeth. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Fallon got like 12 threes yeah, on her so whole entire body. The thing that I went, I won't say the name of the place, but because I, I still love going here. I'm going to, and I'm still going to go. But yeah. it was a new machine that I had never used before. And I always go like the level three dark because I don't want to go do that every single day. So I get them darker to last longer. So yeah. new, new machine today. So I figured, okay, well, it's probably the same as the last one as far as positioning, and I got my level three. But instead of it spraying me four times at level three dark with bronzers, it sprayed me 12 times <laughs> with level three dark and bronzer, or bronzers. So technically, I have three 12s. <laughs> Look, the point being, long story short, she's dark as fuck right now. I am so It's just tan. Teeth. It's just teeth. <laughs> I look like I want straight out of the surface of the sun, or I've been living in the Caribbean. You just like walked ever. off the Jersey Shore cast. Well, I told the lady what happened because I was like, "This it sprayed me way too much," and she was like, "Yeah, it shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry." I'm like, "Well, can I wash this off?" And she's like, "Just wash it off tomorrow. Let the color set." So it's only gonna get darker. It's seven thirty nine, and I will be at full max color. I'm not even halfway at my dark point right now. <laughs> I can't even. I can't wait. In 20 minutes, I will be halfway dark. I yeah, it's gonna be so exciting. I will take a picture, <laughs> and I will send it to you if you email us and ask for it, because it's not going on. Facebook. Oh, and it you you want to because it's pretty bad. Dead Academy Podcast at Gmail dot com. Title yeah. it Ross. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is impressive. It's funny. Anyways. I, I just had to get that out there. Um, I have a couple things I have to say. Well, go ahead. One, I saw the Jack the Ripper case, and that's what I'll be talking about tonight. Um, pretty confident enough to go turn this into the caps. Great. Two, Michelle's been giving me shit about my stories on here being long and drug out and taking too long and whatever. So I'm asking the listeners, this is Fallon. 
Would you like me to make my story shorter? Would you like me to leave out details? If you would like me to do that, I'll do it. If not, I'm just going to keep on trucking with I my I told you, I was 95% joking, 5% serious. Gory details. So anyways, before we, you just keep wanting to jump to Jack the... Blah, 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 you can't even say it, because you're going to be... Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. But, I have no story. I mean, I have a story I want to tell you, but I have done nothing because we've been super busy. By the time you guys listen to this, oh, yeah. our weekend will be over. But... We are going to a horror movie convention. Horror hound. And we're trying to get rich off the Rusty Cauldron products. Hey, Rusty Cauldron. <laughs> <laughs> I will plug that shit as many times as yeah. I need to. Hit us up on Facebook. Yeah, Rusty we're Cauldron. We're stopping by our horror hound booth this weekend in Indianapolis if you're going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Mention Dead Academy and receive a free sticker. Maybe. Yeah, yeah we have stickers. Sure, we got something. We- well, you'll definitely walk away with something. Uh, we have a table full of shit. Yeah. You won't be let down. That's for sure. Well, we should just jump right... What is what that? that? Oh. See? It's my password. You should just go ahead and jump right into it. Well, you know, I don't have a... I don't have any... This is just going off of something I've seen on TV. Okay. And it's fucked up. And I feel like I didn't need to... Re- I, I, I don't know. I watch, I don't know if anyone else does, but on Oxygen, okay. there's a TV show called I Survived. I almost didn't make it. Yeah. It's amazing. It has everything from uh, bear attacks, shark attacks, people surviving, uh, serial killer, just crazy shit. And there is one episode that I watched that just, it burnt into my head like I, I it's just one of the most insane survivor stories i have ever heard more so than the girl oh uh, well i mean i don't want to like say one's a more of a survivor than the but other is it on that level what was his name or her name <clears throat> uh shit the, mary i think she just did the story a couple weeks ago the girl that got in the van and the guy cut her arms off you put me on the spot i can't think of her name either it doesn't matter it, it, we're just talking about something else yeah so, yeah, this is uh, this is way more intense with graphic okay. information. Well, I'm all about so, details. I, <laughs> there, I will tell you, my story has, if you're squeamish, there's some parts, and I'll forewarn you before I get to it, I guess. Or just buck up and listen to it. Well, I'm trying to be... Oh, I'm, I know. Trying to cater to everyone. So... I watched an episode of I Survived, and there was a story from a survivor. Her name is Tika William or Tika Adams. Holy shit! So sorry, Tika Adams. Okay. So this takes place in D.C. and I don't like. I said I'm just telling you that I don't have anything in front of me, people. So I'm just I don't have Slime. years. There's- like all kinds of shit in front of her. Yeah, right a Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> My therapy notebook. That's from last week. I know. So to I don't the, know. The, I don't know the dates or year. Any, but I just know the story. Okay. Okay. So DC. Okay. Tika Adams, young. I think she was around twenty nine, twenty eight or twenty nine. She was. In the middle of some hard times, like she was staying in a homeless shelter. Damn. 
just having a just hard down on her luck. That's yeah. what I was looking for. And she is pregnant. And I do believe around seven and a half months. So pregnant. 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 Yeah. Okay. And she ended up meeting things are a turnaround. She met a guy. They ended up getting married. No longer homeless? No. no. I I think they had a place on their own at this point. Good for her. But still, like, needing help, I do believe. I... The details are rough on this part, but on the backstory. But, uh, she came in contact with a woman that said her name was Stephanie. And, yeah, I know some Stephanie. Well, I'll leave that at that. Yeah. So, she... She met this woman, Stephanie, and Stephanie told her that she could take her to a take Tika to a warehouse where they helped mothers in need, like that don't have a lot of money that can buy supplies for the I baby and stuff. This. I've told. It's not ringing a bell. Oh, uh, well. Okay. Will you quit fucking touching my <laughs> your goddamn mountain legs? Anyways. <laughs> So she could take her to this warehouse, and it's like a foundation that helps women in need with baby clothes, diapers, crib. Oh, shit. Yeah. And these these places do exist. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. not like this is something that she's not telling her something that's just unbelievable. And I, I think she was telling her husband or boyfriend at the time about it, and he told her, no, like, don't even mess with it or be careful or something like that. And... She said it'll be okay, and so Tika gets in a car with Stephanie, and she's supposed to be taking her to this warehouse. Instead, Stephanie takes her to her apartment, and I guess she may have said that she had to she had to take care of something first, and so Tika just went along with it. You know, this woman's helping her out, so yeah, if you need to stop at your place, sure, that's fine. Right. So they're at Stephanie's apartment. And she's doing stuff, and she plays a movie for Tika. So there, she watches a whole entire movie. And then Stephanie comes back in and plays... Are you sure we didn't already do this one on here? We haven't. And she played a, another movie. So, you know, a movie's like hour and a half, two hours long. Yeah, and then long played that. a second movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like you just don't really know what's going on. And then, I mean, just like that, she, I think she put some of her, put a bag over her head, over Tika's head. Jesus. Or so, she attacked her. Stephanie attacked Tika. And she grabbed a, like, wrought iron fire poker mm-hmm. thing, and she hit her at least three times on the head. And she, Tika's like, um unconscious yeah or in and out of consciousness and probably bleeding and disoriented yeah whatever and she's laying on the kitchen floor and this the wish i i might be skipping ahead or anything but she then here she her head's covered like she's still got the bag over her head i do believe so she can't see anything but she can She's awake, like she's aware of everything. And she could hear Stephanie like rummaging and shit. And next thing you know, she just feels sharp pain. Mm, no. Well, Stephanie pulled out 
a box cutter. And this is where, yeah. So she pulled out the box cutter and she cut her. In the on, belly, I'm assuming. On her, I think on her side of her belly or... I don't remember the place, but she cut her open. And there's blood everywhere. Oh, my God. And she... Tika can feel everything. Blood everywhere. Well, then she... Stephanie stops. And then she... It's like, you can hear her, like, pacing back and forth, and she's talking to God. Like, of course. Yeah. And she eventually asked Tika if she could get up and walk, because there's blood everywhere, and she, you, Tika could hear her cleaning. Like, she cut her open, but then you can hear her, Stephanie, cleaning, which is just, she was cleaning up the blood. I mean, I, that's what I would do. So... <laughs> She asked her if she could get up because she needed to clean. Mm-hmm. And I don't think at that time Tika could, so she drug her into a bedroom that was just... Unfra- it had a mattress in there, and that was it. And she put her on the bed. Or put her on the mattress. And then she went back in and cleaned the kitchen. Well, time is going by. And I'll just tell you, she was in that house... She was in that apartment for three days. Holy fuck. So... With all these things happening, I think the first, you don't know when things are happening, but um, I think the first day was, like, her just with the movies, and then she hit her. Yeah. But then, like, kind of had her up. So, all this takes place in a span of three days. This wasn't, like, oh, shit, this happened in, like, two hours. It was three fucking days. So, now she is on this mattress, and... Stephanie comes in there, and she has all kinds of shit. She has, like, two box cutters and a knife, like, kitchen knives. Mm -hmm. And this is where it gets graphic. Yeah. Okay. So, squeamish people, sorry, but I gotta say it. She takes a box cutter and a knife, and she cuts Tika from, like, the top of her pelvic area Mm -hmm. and just cuts up. And... She's not a fucking doctor. Well, she don't cut up. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't Dumbass. know what she's doing, but it was like with a box cutter and like I know what I'm talking about right now, but I'm thinking like a box cutter or kitchen knives. Yeah. That's not strong enough to get through some flesh. Like, yeah. Need a scalpel. So it's like she's ripping it open, ripping her stomach uh, open and like pulling at it. And Jacob, yeah, gross. <laughs> pulling at it and just being forceful and just trying gouging and oh. and Tika can feel all of this like she knows. I'm assuming is, the bag's off her head by now, or she would have died died a long time ago. Yeah, it wasn't like she didn't put the bag on her head to like strangle her. It was, I guess, so she couldn't see. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't, like, a plastic bag or nothing. Oh, okay. It was just to cover her head up, I guess. And it might be off by now. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, she cut her cut her open as much as she could like that. And it's crazy when you watch the episode. There, while this is happening, and she, because I survived as the survivor telling their story. Yeah. And it's like... She's just telling this shit, like, because it, she lived it. She, she, this was her fucking life, and it's like she survived it. 
But when she's telling it, she's just telling it like how me and you would talk about this. how her day went or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just she said she remembered hearing while this is going on Michael Jackson in the background. Stephanie had okay. a DVD or something. She had something playing. It was a Michael Jackson movie, and at one point in the movie, like it's his performances. Mm-hmm. Well, that's when she. The music's going on while she's doing that, mm-hmm. and the when he would stop playing music, she would stop doing what she's doing, go into the living room and rewind it to go back to playing the music for inspiration. I don't know probably. what the fuck, but on the TV show, she's like, "Yeah, I just Michael Jackson's like what?" She just kept thinking about Michael Jackson. Like I fucking hate Michael Jackson. Like, but these horrific things are happening to her, and it was... She, I think she probably had to take her mind somewhere else to be able to deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Could be. But she can't listen to him now. Yeah. Well, she didn't like him. To begin with, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, now she really doesn't like him. Yeah, and so she was telling us on the episode, and she's like, yeah, my Michael Jackson. But anyways, and then goes back to what's happening to her. Right. So... She's bleeding a lot, and at some point in time, she kind of—I think she kind of passes out and what comes to. Mm-hmm. And I can. This is this next part is just like I've seen this in so many horror movies. Like, and it's just—and this is fucking real. But she's on this mattress, and she looks over, and Stephanie's like in the fetal position in front of the door. Okay. To the bedroom. And uh, she was sleeping. So, Tika just starts, you know, talking to God. Like, or if you can just, I just need to get to my feet. If I can get to my feet, I can get out. I can escape. I just need help. Get me to my feet. And she, she made it to her feet. And, but she has to step over Stephanie to get out the door. So now it's your classic horror movie she steps over stephanie like strat now stephanie's in between her and her fucking blood drips on her oh and before she before she got up there was a metal bowl on the bed and she rolled over and her wedding ring clanked the bowl oh my god and so she froze and thinking that that would wake up stephanie and it didn't so then she got up, and now she's straddled over top of her, and her fucking blood drips on Stephanie. And so she's just standing there, and her blood drips on her, and she's like, oh my god, well, she didn't wake up. Good. So she opened the door, got out of that room, and this is where it gets really graphic again, so sorry. Yeah. Um, she's going down. The hall, I'm assuming, to get to the front door. And her insides are coming out. Oh. Where's the baby in all this? Well, her insides are coming out. Okay. She picks them up. Five second rule? Picks them up. (laughs) Puts it back to her stomach. And marches the fuck on. Good for her. And it's just like, oh my god. And she 
She gets out of the fucking apartment, and she's just beating on doors. Beating on doors. No one's answering. And she gets down a flight of stairs, and she passes out. No. Well, she wakes up, and there's Stephanie. Oh, my God. And so now they're fighting, and Tika's just, everything she's got, just giving it to Stephanie, everything she has left, just fighting, fighting, fighting. Well, finally, someone from the floor above them, some guy comes down and sees them and asks, like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And uh, Stephanie looks at the guy in, like, in a soft-spoken voice and everything. She's like, she's delusional, and I'm trying to help her, and she's fighting me and won't let me help her. And Deacon's just pretty much like, bullshit. Yeah. She's trying to kill me. Right. I need help. I need help. And he doesn't react at first. Well, she's wearing a navy blue shirt. Mm -hmm. And so you can't really see blood. Like, it's just blood. It just looks dark. I would have ripped that shirt off. Well, she did. She lifted her shirt up so he could see what's going on. Because she just picked up her things that are inside her. Picked them up off the ground and put them back in her. So he's seen there like, fuck this. I'm calling the cops. And Stephanie... Takes off, I'm assuming, back to her apartment or something. But now cops are on her way, ambulance, and, you know, paramedics ask her if she needed help and mm-hmm. <laughs> if she was okay. And it's like, no, I need help. Yeah. And she gets to the hospital, and she ends up having to have an emergency C-section. Because <clears throat> you're thinking this whole time, like, there's no way this baby... Is going to make all this trauma and all this blood loss. Like, there's no way. She delivered a healthy baby. Like, eight pounds and something ounces. And she named the baby Miracle. That baby, that's a, don't, of course the baby's name is Miracle. Because it's a miracle that either one of them survived. I would never name my kid that, but I mean, I have weird kid names anyway, so I guess it doesn't matter. Anyways. But I'm happy she made it. So, yeah, she survived, and Stephanie's name is not Stephanie. Her name was Veronica, and I can't pronounce pronounce her last name or even begin to try, so Veronica. She did get arrested, and she got sentenced to... 25 years. That's it? Well, yeah. It was um, because the whole argument in court was, can you really, I think the first charge was like something with assault, Mm -hmm. but could you really charge her with attempted murder because she claimed that she paid $5,000 for Tika's baby. Oh my God. And like that was going to be her baby. And in my head, like, if anyone buys that, that's fucking bullshit. Because oh, yeah. people that are, like, surrogates, you wait till the baby's born. Right. And then you get the baby. Yeah, you don't try to fucking cut a baby out of a woman's stomach. And, yeah, so they were saying, well, she wasn't trying to kill her. It was all about the baby. But she ended up getting, yeah, she got 25 years. Oh, my God. And. So that exact same thing, I'm pretty sure it was the same exact story happened in Kentucky. 
And she was also on our on I, on I survived. Really? Yeah. That's why I was wondering. What? Hold on. We need to stop. What? I just hold on. That that's all I have. That's my story. That's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, there are so many people out there that would that have probably done that. I don't know. It's just. I'm kind well. of like speechless. Like there, there's a difference between like wanting a baby and then going that far with it to, because you're not kill. Like e- even when they say that they that she wasn't trying to kill her, yes she was, because her ultimate goal was the baby. Yeah. And if you have to kill her to get to it, oh I agree. Then. But that woman, yeah, that Tika, shadow. is like, that's just that is an amazing survivor story. Like, I can. <laughs> When I watched it, I was just, I was speechless. I, I just couldn't believe what I was, I couldn't believe the story I was listening to. Like you crying just, now? Your eyes look really watery. No. I'm not crying. <laughs> Getting but, all emotional? <laughs> well, I mean, you just, I, it just blows my mind the shit that people are capable of, and it really blows my mind of, like, how, how much you can endure and survive it's just it's uh, adrenaline. I think she was fighting for her fucking baby. Oh, absolutely. And now she has a healthy baby and she's she lived and Watch she's that bitch and I'm getting paroled. She look her mugshot, she looks crazy. Pull it up. I'm wondering yeah, if that's the uh, same story I was thinking about, but I just got the, the area wrong. I don't know. But yeah, if you have not seen the show I survived, you should Oh you yeah, should definitely her. check it out. It's, uh, it's incredible. And it's... What channel is it on? Oxygen. Oh, I don't have cable. I don't want it either anymore, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's just something I've seen, and I'm just like, yeah. Well, what's, that, what's that thing that Cody had? Is it called Kobe or Cody? Uh, Sling. Sling. Okay. I do have that now, but I don't know if I have... I don't know. I'm not home long enough to watch TV. I think we have it, but we don't have... I don't have her password anymore. <laughs> so we don't... We don't have that. So yeah, um, since that's my that's my thing. Since I didn't, ha- I've had zero time to research anything. So pretty good going off memory. Yeah, she really did have zero notes in front of her. I just didn't even look on her phone until the very end. Yeah. Well, good job, buddy. Well, thanks. Yeah, so, you're I mean, that's, that's, let me get a drink before I start my. That's what I got. Mm. Next week I'll have. Well, next week's Friday the thirteenth. Yeah. <clears throat> That, that'll be a good one. Yeah. Hell yeah. But I know we're just going to get right into this because Found's got like fucking 27 pages of notes. No, I don't. Are you not even like the least 27 pages. 27 pages, people. It's not It's not true. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? Get into it. Okay. So, you guys, I solved the Jack the Ripper <laughs> case. I, I did. Okay. So, I'm just going <laughs> to... Before I start, I do have to... Let it be known that this is over a 100-year-old case, like, like over 135 years old. I, I just been... love the fact that you solved the, the Jack the Ripper case, one of the most notorious fucking things out yeah. there in true crime. You solved it by sitting on your goddamn bed. Thinking. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just, okay. So this theory uh, about who Jack the Ripper was is something that I've had in my head for a long fucking time. And... I was only able to recently put the 
the middle, like I had an idea and I needed the facts and I needed, I needed to prove it. I didn't have any facts because I have no money and I have no way of accumulating any of this shit. So I had the idea and I knew I was going to prove it, but all of the middle stuff I actually got from a different show. <laughs> so so Someone what else. you're saying is <laughs> some show did all the work Jacob, and, now, no. and now you're just like, yeah, I agree with that. So I so, fucking no, solved it. My, me, and this, <laughs> me and this show solved Jack What's the, the show? I can't tell you because the name is in the show. But I'll, I'll tell you at the end. We'll definitely plug the show. Oh, I for sure will. Because okay. um, they're the ones that seem like they and solved this it. Is, this is a far out, far out thing, but I have facts, okay? Okay. So, <clears throat> if you were to Google who is Jack the Ripper, you're going to get an answer of a Polish Jew named Aaron Kosminski. What? All the fans. I've heard you. Yeah. Aaron Kosminski... Is not Jack the Ripper. And I know everyone's like, oh, yes, he is, yes, he is. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he is because his DNA was found on um, a shawl from one of Jack the Ripper's victims. um, And they DNA tested it, and I guess it came back that it was sperm. Well, the lady that it was found on was a sex worker. So, of course, she's going to have some jizz on some of her clothing. Shit happens. So, that ain't him. Aaron Kosminski... You are not Jack the Ripper. So I'm going to kind of just, I'm going to jump back and forth. Well, so, before you do that, yeah, we apologize for the first half of this show because it was a fan on. It's going to sound weird, but now it's going to be better. Yeah, the fan's off. Um, okay, so I'm going to go a little bit. I have too many notes to be able, or there's there's too much to this story for me to tell you guys everything. So I'll at the end of the show I'll give you the name of the show and stuff that you can look up to get the like detailed details but this is what I could fit in this podcast right here right now because Michelle's pressed me for time so <laughs> <laughs> Jack the Ripper in night well I already fucked it up I put 1988 so <laughs> when I was four <laughs> wait I was five yeah I was five years well, old so got that one wrong in 1888 in Whitechapel London five women are found butchered in the streets uh, they all had their throats slit. Two had their uterus, uteruses removed, and so their kill the killing started on August thirty first, eighteen eighty eight, with victim one being Mary Ann Nichols, and it ended on November 9th, eighteen eighty eight, with the victim the most horrific fucking crime scene ever, Mary Kelly. Um, Mary Kelly was killed in her little lodging room. Uh, so the person that killed her was able to take their time with her. Mm-hmm. And contrary to popular belief, everyone's like, oh, Jack the Ripper crime scenes. They had blood splattered everywhere. They didn't. None of the, ex- except for Mary Kelly, most of the blood was found in puddles underneath the body as opposed to, you know, how you'd get like that blood splatter from bringing your arm up yeah. or something. So cast off. Right. So these victims were found basically operated on. Okay. So... Very, very horrible, just graphic cutting and dissecting people, but it was not a violent thing. It was almost scientific. Like a doctor. Right. Definitely a doctor. The blade that was used to kill these women in Whitechapel was, I forget the length of the blade, it was like seven inches long, skinny um, surgical knife. Like not serrated, just Mm -hmm. very thin. Um so victim one, Mary Ann Nichols. Victim two, Annie Chapman. Chapman. Um, victim three 
and victim four happened on the same night, but victim three was, she only had her throat slit, and then whoever Jack the Ripper was uh, took off. The victim's name was Elizabeth Elizabeth Stride, uh, and then shortly after her down the road was Catherine Eddowes. She was completely mutilated, almost as if that person was making up for lost time. Um, and then, of course, Mary Kelly, Mary Kelly found November 9th, 1888, mutilated beyond recognition. They, they were only able to identify her by her eyes. Wow. Everything else had been completely cut, flayed. Well, they had the idea. Uh, friends. And, I mean, the that was her apartment. Oh. That was her room. Um, body parts were found next to her bed, and she, like I said, she was killed in private. Um, so here's, I think that the guy who was Jack the Ripper is a Chicago man named Herman Webster Mudgett. Okay. His, the, some parts of this story might sound kind of familiar. So I'm kind of going right into the, the timeline of this guy. So Jack the Ripper's killings were very, it was a very specific style. Throats cut, completely mutilated, usually organs missing or at least taken out and put on the side. Yeah. A complete dissection. So um, I'm just going to call this guy Mudgett. Uh, he left Chicago and boarded a steamer for London in March of 1888. So back then, to hop on a boat, a steamer, and go from New York to London, it would take you between four to nine days, depending on what your ticket price was. Mm -hmm. So that would give him time to be, and plenty of time, to be um, in Whitechapel at that time. Uh, and then he arrived back, like it was found um, on, I can't think of the name of the things, like, like login sheets, like when you leave the country and then you come back, you have to sign. Oh, so, okay. yeah, he was, um, they found that Mudgett had arrived in the U.S. on December 3rd, 1888, right after Mary Kelly was found. And so on November 9th, 1888, that was the last bit of the Jack the Ripper murders in Whitechapel. Okay? <clears throat> so... Now, uh, starts a bunch of Chicago murders. Um, well, let me see. And then, yeah, so women start coming, start showing up, mutilated, murdered, missing, whatever, in Chicago, which is a pretty rough part of the U.S. anyway, but at that time it was especially, you know, rough. Um, so a woman named Carrie Brown was murdered in New York in a hotel, strangled and disemboweled. Police said that this was clearly the work of a, of a Jack the Ripper type killing, although they at the time were like, well, Jack the Ripper's in London. He's not in the right. U.S. So, uh, uh, hold on. Uh, Carrie was also a sex worker. The body looked like a cadaver on an exam table, completely opened up. Uh, Mudgett was placed in that same city in New York during that exact time, according to local records and sales of arrivals. What the hell is he doing just traveling everywhere? He is a scam artist. And okay. I mean, like, down to his fucking death. A complete scam artist. Okay. He scammed everybody out of money. He never paid for anything. Everyone else always paid for his shit. At the end of his life, the city of Chicago had 60 lawsuits against this guy. Of just scamming and swindling. So he just travels and rips people off. That's all he does. But he was primarily in Chicago during that time. Um, so... Both killers, Mudgett and Jack the Ripper, both operated in secret and both in darkness. So, you know, everyone that was killed was killed privately 
Well, yeah, you're going to need some time. You're going to need time. And that's the other thing. Jack the Ripper, he's not going to have time to rape somebody. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When you're there to cut someone open, you can jerk off to that thought later. But, like, right now, you got to get that person open. There's no way that Jack the Ripper raped any of these women. There's just no way. So that's why I was like, no, that Aaron Kosminski guy, so what? That's That doesn't prove shit. Right. So, here's another thing. Again, I'm just kind of jumping right right ahead. So, letters from Jack the Ripper were actually written by an American. The people that have the actual Jack the Ripper letters, they're, like, stored in the safe somewhere in this, like, very private museum, I think, in uh, London. Um, they actually took those letters to a forensic, forensic linguist with, that analyzes handwriting and language. Yeah. Um, so, they were not written by a British man. At all. I mean, they how were, can you tell? Because due to the language in the letters and the handwriting. So do you remember me telling you, like, my family from London, how they talk weird? Like, how they <laughs> right. say, like, I'm going to stall or I'm going to yeah. holiday or whatever. Like, they, everything's different. Like, we, we all speak English, but they speak British English or British right. English. We speak American English. So words like fix me that were found in the Jack the Ripper letter is actually American English, whereas British people would have said right away or dear boss, which was also in British English. But I mean, it's very different. Even so, as a writer, you can, you can write whatever you want. Right. But it's the language. It's the, it's the slang. So people, I understand that, but it's like, if you knew, if you knew how Americans spoke, mm -hmm. you could easily write it. True. Just saying. Right. Oh, no, that's something that I I thought about. Um, yeah, British English is very different from American English. So words like find me straight away and dear sir would have actually been the ones that were... Uh, hold on, I kind of fucked that up. So words... Fuck, hold on. American English, this is where my fucking notes get crazy. Basically, instead of saying right away, like we Americans would say, come find me right away. Whereas this person, if it was a British man, would have said straight away mm -hmm. or dear sir. Whereas we would say dear boss. Yeah. Like in that time, like they actually showed a grid of like words that were popular, like slang terms. That was, none of that was from a, a British man at all. Okay. At all. Um, okay. So uh, at 22 Batty Street, a lodger owner actually spotted an American doctor um, let's see, the Battery Street Lodger arrived at 2.30 a.m., 14 minutes after the second and third murders, which was a .7-mile walk. Uh, the, the guy that the woman spotted that earlier, or that late at night, uh, said that he was staying at the lodge, um, he rented a, a little room, and he was known as a traveler and a doctor from America. <clears throat> Once the owner of the lodge saw him arrive, she noted police... And a few days later, a medical bag with a sharp, bloody surgical knife and bloody cufflinks were found left behind in his room. Why she called police? She called them to say there was some guy that came in right after those murders happened down the street. Because at 2.30 in the morning, who's going to be out? You know what I mean? But she was just like, hey, I, I saw this guy. This is what this, this guy looked like, whatever. Um, so the lodge lady description of the man um, said he had a very charming personality. <clears throat> He had a very 
a detailed mustache, a round hat with a brim. He wore a cloak. He had dark eyes. Um, he was probably in his late 20s or early 30s. And forensic profilers and artists combined took 13 witness accounts. So 13 different people spotted Jack the Ripper at some point or another, either right before the murders. In the, London. In London, in Whitechapel. He was spotted with these women before they were killed. 13 different people wrote down police statements. So these forensic profilers and artists combined all three witness accounts to come up with a composite <clears throat> sketch matching a man of five foot, maybe five, or sorry, five feet to five seven with dark hair. And when you put that composite up next to Herman Mudgett, it is a fucking identical match. So identical match. Why did they just nail him right then? They didn't have that kind of forensic shit back then. Mm. There was no, they, like, actual pictures, like, taken were barely even printed in newspapers because it cost too much for the ink and shit. So that's why you see, like, a lot of old sketches. Because there were no photographers back then that would just take your picture for whatever the fucking reason. You, right. had, you had to pay for it. Um, so another thing, both, both Mudgett and Jack the Ripper dissected their victims. No blood splatter on any crime scene. Puddles of blood were found beneath the bodies, but no splatters. Much like Mudgett, Jack uh, worked over the bodies while instead of thrashing over them, mm -hmm. like I had said before. Okay. So, we're going to go back to Chicago. Okay. Okay. So, Jack the Ripper murders are done. We're heading back to Chicago. Uh, I should probably not do that part yet. <laughs> so where are we going now? We are still... <laughs> hold on, I have like a bunch of different notes. Um, okay, so May 1st, 1893, um, the world, the Chicago World's Fair was starting to happen. So we are going back to Chicago. We are going back to Chicago for the world World's Fair. It, w it went from May 1st and ended in October of 1893. Um, during that time, 27.3 million people came to that fair. And that that's is when, impressive. huh? That's impressive. Yeah. So that's when they first, uh, or they first showed the very first Ferris wheel, you know, like mm -hmm. they had that built and it was just, all these people came from all over the world to see what was new and popping back then. Um, and Chicago was a booming city. So they were like, let's just have it here. Yeah. Um, so 27.3 million people were at the fair and over a thousand people went missing after it was done. Huh? A thousand people were missing. And they have not been found. I mean, Chicago is still one of the most dangerous cities in America. Oh, yeah. I've been there twice. Ain't nothing great about it, except for the art museum. So, this was the first time that Chicago and the world actually got to see the electric light bulb made by Tesla, who was outbidded by Thomas Edison. So, it was Tesla's 100,000 light bulbs that lit up the city and was nicknamed the White City because of all the light bulbs. I didn't know about that. Interesting. So, over 800 missing women go missing per year in Chicago, and at that time, their throats had been cut, and police all ruled those murders as suicides, because... Oh, hold on, hold on. Yep. 800 women got their throat... Did I hear you right? 800, 800 missing women, got... women per year in Chicago. And well, they all well, have their well, throat cut. I don't know about all, but I just put, put throats had been cut. So, yeah, probably. Their throats had been... People... Overall, 800 missing women go missing or whatever in Chicago per year back then. Um, I'll, I'll just say most of their throats because I don't know for sure. Most mm -hmm. of their throats have been cut and police 
actually ruled those as suicides rather than murders because suicide, uh, when they were, like, the media was telling the locals, because back then it was just newspaper, mm-hmm. um, they, they said that all these women cut their own throats because the style in which they were murdered was actually very, like, replicate of Jack the Ripper, and they didn't want to say that we might have a possible Ripper killer on our hands in Chicago. So instead of saying, all these bitches are getting killed, they're like, oh, all these bitches are killing themselves. And people believed it. Well, I mean... It's fucked up. And you're going to cut your own throat? That's pretty... uh, Yeah. That's a pretty harsh way to go. Yeah, so tons and tons of women were killed exactly like Jack the Ripper. uh, And police actually said that this is him, but they just weren't able to prove it. So again... Uh, Did he ever write letters? I mean, in America, if there were some that were shown up in London, is there any that's in Chicago? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna get to that too. Um, change. Okay, so this is where it gets like crazy. All right, so during that time at the World's Fair, our boy uh, Herman Mudgett was like, you know what? I'm gonna make a fucking mansion and I'm gonna put some stores in it. And I'm going to let people rent out rooms for this mansion. So, this mansion has claimed over 200 people. But the numbers could be in the thousands. Okay? Of how many people died in this storefront mansion. So, it was constructed. It is, I mean, if you want the address. Well, I mean, I just don't understand how all these people die there. Why don't they, I don't know, do something about this guy? I mean, maybe. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, a- again, after the um, Jack the Ripper murders stop, that's when the Chicago murders pick up. Mm-hmm. So Chicago murders start, and then the second that, like, the timeline where the Jack the Ripper shit happens, Chicago murders stop altogether, and then when he comes back from London, they start happening again back in Chi-Town. So, <laughs> um... Yeah, Mudget, let me go back over here, his mansion. It was constructed by multiple contractors, so no one was actually able to notice the deranged structure of the building. So you basically be like, okay, you build this set of steps, okay, you're fucking fired. Okay, now you go over here, you and your company build these three rooms, okay, you're fired. He actually never paid a dime for this mansion. The people that, he, he swindled people into providing him with work, labor, utensils, tools, promotions, Everything. And then the ones that paid for it are the people that went there and ended up being killed. They went there to get their money? or They went there to, to stay oh. during the World Fair just to this, like, hotel. They he, he had all these rooms that were open. And basically the people that paid to stay there, they never left. He killed them. I mean, that's how you have to get rid of them, yeah. I guess. So the first floor was constructed of a jewelry shop, a blacksmith shop, a pharmacy there's a couple other like little things out in the in the front. The second floor contained a blind room where once you would go in, there were just there were no lights. There was just you were he left you Creepy. in complete darkness. There was a trap door leading to the basement. You basically walk in, you step on this thing, you fall all the way down to the basement, and you die. So it's like it's, it's um, like before H. H. Holmes. Right. So there was a room of three corpses. I don't know what that means. Uh, there was a hanging secret chamber. So there was a room where you would just walk in and then step on this thing and then, whoop, there you go. You're fucking hung. 
are hanged. That's insane. Um, the dark room, there was an exfixiation. Exfixiation. Wow. A fix. Asphyxiation. There it is. is. Asphyxiation (laughs) chamber um, room where, and that actually ended up being the third floor where, you know, you would just be in this room and then it was just like a carbon monoxide death. So you would actually hope to get the gas chamber room um, because it was painless and he did it at night. And if you were able to make it out of the gas chamber room, you were led into a hallway that was just a maze. You couldn't get out of it. You couldn't breathe, and then you would just die in complete fucking panic. So that's awful. There was a death death shaft where basically, if he had one body and needed to go grab another one, just shoot it down the fucking laundry chute that went right down to the basement and just dumped all these bodies down there. Uh, the maze was made to be disorienting to cause a panic right before you die. There were bathrooms on the second floor, and last but not least, there was a brick wall room with five doors and no way out. It was just brick walls. Why do you need bathrooms if you're you're killing everyone that comes in there. Well, you need to see. He's got to pee. He's got to find a place How to does poop. someone get away with this? I mean, Because Jesus. he's a swindler. So, yeah, the third floor um, later on ended up being apartments, but they were uh, gas rooms that were lined with asbestos to soundproof the room so no one could hear people screaming. Um, the basement contained a complete open floor plan with a lime pit, a crematorium that was up for a single-body crematorium, a slaughter table, multiple acids that could be used for dissolving a body. And then uh, what he did was he burned bodies or he skinned them and sold their skeletons to local colleges and made a ton of money. And every single crime that Mudgett committed was completely covered up. Nobody found shit about this guy. So, why didn't they find anything about him? Because it's 1800s. I'll tell you, Michelle. So, this (laughs) motherfucker owned... Multiple properties in Chicago, not just the Mudgett Mansion. He owned um, properties in glass bending, the William and Green Company that sold cement, which is funny because he actually owned it, but they, he bought a ton of cement but never sold any. So, and he needed to use it. Well, get this where that cement company was located, it's mm-hmm. by Lakeshore Drive if you've ever been to Chicago. Um, it's gone now, but there's a different building there. But right directly in the front, past the sidewalk, is the Chicago River. So, if you have access to all these, all this cement, and you're killing motherfuckers left and right, put them in a cement block and just fucking send them down the d- river. Dump them down the river, yeah. Are you trying to say that concrete shoes? Well, I'm just go ahead and... Like the mob? So, funny enough, that's actually written on here, I'll just go ahead and tell you now. The whole concrete shoes thing... A lot of people think that the mob or, like, Al Capone started it. They didn't. They actually got it from rumors about Herman Mudgett and how he would get rid of his victims by encasing them in concrete and essentially sending them to the bottom of the river. So all this mob shit, uh uh-uh. They got this stuff from motherfucking Jack the Ripper, which is Herman Mudgett. So, okay. located on the lake edge, which is, I mean, if you think about what better way to conceal a body than a completely encase it in cement and block it and then dump it into the Chicago River. Now, um, in 1892... Hold on. I want to interrupt you. Okay. So if that's the theory of, like, he's just dumping bodies down there, concrete shoes. Uh-huh. I know in 1800s they're not going to die down there, but... Oh, I'm getting to that right now. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> okay. In 1892, 
Chicago, um, oh, actually, yeah, Chicago actually had to change the flow of the Chicago River because there was a sewage issue, and at the time, that mm -hmm. river provided most of, of Chicago with their drinking water and everything. So because of the sewage issue, the contractors in Chicago actually performed, up until that date, the greatest engineering achievement of all. They were able to change the flow of the Chicago River. So <clears throat> the contaminated water actually killed 12% of the population. So the river kind of flowed a little bit slow. Um, so when they changed the flow of it, it still just kind of flowed a little slow. Like it didn't make it rush or anything. So mm -hmm. whatever was dumped down there, um, how it was described is like if you were to shoot a cannonball into the bottom of the ocean, it's going to leave a big open hole. But that cannonball is going to be gone. And it's going to be taken down by currents and moved away or whatever. But you can still see the imprint. So... Even with slabs of concrete? Right. So in 2016, I believe it was, um, divers used equipment to search the area. Yeah, in 2017. Um, and divers found multiple, like tons and tons of imprints on the river floor indicating cement dumpings that were the size of a body. Now, getting permission to dig that up is nearly impossible because for one... What's the point? I mean, it's so long ago. And two, getting down there and digging under with the river flow and out in the current and everything, um, just the way that it's built, like Chicago's built around the water, uh -huh. um, it's it's dangerous. If you disrupt the bottom part, it could fuck everything up. So they got there. No one will ever be allowed to bring those cement casings up. But they're down there. You can see them on fucking sonar. They're That's down insane. there. That's insane. Yeah. Um. Okay, I already said that. I already said that. Hold on, let me go back here. Um, I already said that part two. Description of the man, got that. I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm trying really hard to... So what happens they have 27 pages in there. Well, I took them in different <laughs> settings. Um, so I think that's all I took. I think I'm missing the page somewhere. But basically, I'll just get down to the... To the bottom basics of it. When you when you put this all together, Jack the Ripper not being a British man, being an American, uh -huh. it was proven with handwriting analysis. It was proven by the way, well, the the style of the writing had changed within ten years of the notes that were compared. So I mean everyone's writing can change. Yeah. Um but between the description of the witnesses put together with the forensic artist, the forensic uh, research and shit with, um, I said a brain fart, uh, with the handwriting, the timeline of Herman Mudgett being in Chicago and then not being in Chicago, he actually had, there's proof of him going to London at that time mm -hmm. for the murders. And he came back and then Chicago murder started up. Also, um, oh, yeah, this is, like, the last two things. Uh, also, uh, years ago, like, Herman Mudgett, like, one of his properties, someone had moved into it and found a box of stuff. And the box contained pictures and stuff. And they were like, well, we're pretty sure that this this box belonged to Herman Mudgett. Um, so they gave it to Herman Mudgett's great-great-grandson that's actually alive right now and did this documentary. Um, and he's like, you know, hey, this I'm pretty sure this belongs to Herman Webster Mudgett. Are you able to look into this more and see 
you know, do you recognize any of these pictures from your family? And the guy was like, boom, boom, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so, yes, yes, yes. One of the fucking photographs, an actual photograph mm-hmm. that was in Herman Webster Mudgett's little box of shit was a actual photo, not a copy, a photo of Jack the Ripper's third victim, Elizabeth Stride. What? That he had to quickly slit her throat and run. And some guy saw him. He had that picture of her was in that box of shit from Herman Webster. Who took the picture? Huh? Who took the picture? He took it from her. He probably took it from her. Oh, it was a picture of her. It wasn't a picture of her. It wasn't a picture of, like, crime scene. No, 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 no. no. It was a picture of her, like, smiling. Yeah. Okay. Like a picture you'd keep or something. Okay. Um, So that was found. And, you know, forensic people got together, compared it, and they're like, that's... That's her. That's absolutely her. And then the other picture that was found in there was some guy that um, was actually a part of the, like, mansion murders. Mm-hmm. He uh, was a friend of Mudgett's, and the grandson was actually able to be like, that's so-and-so. I've seen him in some of the family shit before. So all this stuff was proven. Too many Jack the Ripper things and Herman Mudgett's are coming together in dinging. Like, this is this is him, this is him. Um so when Hermit Mudgett was actually found, um, they wanted him for, like, scamming people and for one murder. He confessed to 27. Someone actually has a voice recording of him confessing back so then. So the ones in the his mansion? Right. But what's crazy is some of the people that he confessed to murdering weren't actually dead at the time. Like, they came forward and were like, I'm not dead. This, <laughs> this motherfucker's lying. So his actual murder count could be between 200 and somewhere in the thousands. Like, he just, everybody he met, and he swindled, and he conned, and he got money from them, and he would kill you and take a life insurance policy out on you, befriend you really, you know, like, you yeah, would be your yeah. BFF, and then he'd kill you, and then cash it on the insurance policy and move, and then he'd go somewhere else. That's what he did. So, after he did all this, he was finally caught because someone had suspected him of uh, murder, and they were going to hang him because they found one human bone, uh, mm-hmm. In the basement of his little torture shed, um, they found a human bone, and on that they were able to hang him. So before he died, how would you slip up and do that? Uh, in the crematorium, oh. they went through and sifted through dirt, and they were able to find a bone. Wow! Um, and then put together that like, oh, he sold, you know, two hundred skeletons to this fucking college, and then they checked him, and they're like, these motherfuckers are real. Like these aren't you know, handcrafted skeletons. This was, this was someone's fucking, these are real bones. So they go to hang him. Well, before they hung him, they actually paid him $7,500, which is equal to 300 grand in today's money. Wow. To write out his memoirs of his confessions. So he did that. Did he confess? He confessed to 27 murders. None in London. Uh, he didn't really specify. The only thing that he said that he really did do was he killed this woman named Minnie, and he felt bad about that because he thought that he loved her. So, before he dies, he said, when I die, I want you to bury me in this very specific way. He bought two plots of graves, which is weird. Why would you only buy, or why would you buy two, not one? No. He bought two side by side, but he wanted to be buried in the middle of those two. Oh, sorry. In the middle of those two. (laughs) And he wanted to be buried 10 feet deep and encased in concrete. Why? 
because he didn't want people robbing his grave and doing it wrong and like imperative things with his body. So because it was his last wish, they were able to do that. However, in 2017, when people went to dig him up to verify if it was actually his body or if he had faked his death, Mm -hmm. because there was a rumor of a curse in Chicago after they hanged him, every fucking person that was a part of getting him arrested mysteriously died within a few months of that trial and that execution. Every single person. See, the prosecutors, the judge, the jurors, sorry, everybody got killed. So they're like, oh, this is the curse of Mudget Man, whatever. So they're like, let's go dig him up. Is he even in there? They get down eight feet. They find some concrete. So they're like, oh, shit. Like, he really did get buried in all, in all this, like, cement. Well, it was also the cement that his company <laughs> provided. Of so it was his fucking cement. They break through the concrete. They find a coffin. And guess what was in the coffin? Nothing. Nothing. So they keep digging because they dun, weren't dun, dun. at well, they weren't at ten feet yet. They were only at eight, and his request was ten. So they keep digging. They find another line of wood. They bust through that. They're they keep digging. Then they have anthropologists on the scene, fucking grave dig- like everybody's like there. two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. They bust through the bottom uh, of the wood. There's another line of fucking cement. So they break through that and they. Based on how you would bury a body, like the head would be at the top, yeah. obviously by the gravestone, which there wasn't one, and the feet towards the bottom. They broke open through another casket, and they were able to find his skeleton. So they pull of him of mudget of mudget. So they pull up this the entire skeleton, lay it out on this slab table at the anthropology office, um, and while they did that, they took DNA from the. Uh, from the skeleton mm-hmm. and compared it with the grandson who was alive. Yeah, and that really was him. Like the guy that's buried okay. is Mudget. So, well, I mean, he didn't fake his death. Whatever. He just wanted to make sure that nobody could fuck with his body once he was dead. Turns out he was actually five foot uh, six and a half, so a half an inch taller than, or an inch taller than I am. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, he and he was hanged. So, that is all I have on that, but just in case you were wondering, the, uh, the name Herbert Webster Mudgett is actually the birth name of the real guy behind all of this crazy shit, H.H. motherfucking Holmes. What? Say, hold on. <sighs> Say it again. <laughs> Hold on, I just gotta... You have no idea. I feel like I just came all over this chair. <laughs> I said all of that in, like, one breath. Well, Mudget. Okay. Will, or, um, Herman Webster Mudget is yeah. the birth name of who we know as H.H. Holmes. H.H. Holmes was his alias. What? Yes. Bullshit. Yes, I swear to God. <laughs> I don't have a mic to drop, so I just dropped the pen. Like, Boom. H.H. Holmes is Jack the fucking Ripper. If you don't believe me, look more into it. I have had, (laughs) hold on, I have had this theory, you guys. I'm 35 years old. I think I learned about H.H. Holmes when I was like, I don't know, (laughs) 15. And I learned about Jack the Ripper when I was like, I don't know, four. And I was like, I'm going to solve this case when I get older. And that I, I was probably, I don't know, 17 or 18. I'm like, I bet that motherfucker was Jack the goddamn Ripper. Because it makes sense. 
But I have no money. I have, I've never been to London. The family <laughs> I have over there, I don't ever talk to them. I have no way to prove it. But this is my theory. And then I'm fucking around the other day when I was sick. And I was like, oh, I'll get on fucking Amazon Prime. And I'll watch this show called American Ripper. And God damn it, if those people were like, so we got a theory on who Jack the Ripper is. And I'm going to prove it to you. H.H. H. Holmes is my great-great-grandfather. And I'm like, oh, what? No. I'm watching all of this. And I just powered through it. And I'm like, yes. Fuck yes. Like, they had, they paid $64,000 to have a forensic linguistic person or handwriting analysis guy <clears throat> work on this. 64 grand. I'll never see four grand in my life. So... H.H. H. Holmes is Jack the Ripper. Look, I was listening to this whole story, and i fully interested. I had no idea that's where it was going to go. Like, none. That's You know how hard it was to say midget mansion <laughs> instead of the fucking murder castle? Everything in here I had to switch up. Well, I just said earlier in that story, I was like, it sounds like H.H. H. Holmes. I know, I'm like, I know, right? Because <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, no, I, like, so... What's the name of the show again? Oh, yeah, Plug the that. name of the Plug. show, you have to watch it, you guys. It's, it's this guy... Named Jeff Mudgett, who is the great-great-grandson of H.H. Holmes slash Jack the Ripper. And it was actually his theory that Jack the Ripper was his great-great-granddad, H.H. Holmes. Which is my fucking theory as well. And the show is on, or on, yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. And it's called American Ripper. And for some reason, it only has three stars. And it needs to have 300. Because this, (laughs) I was sitting there like, that's right. I fucking knew it. That's right. Now check the goddamn handwriting. Ooh, boom. What about that? Ooh, what, what's up with that picture? That's right, because it's motherfucking H.H. <laughs> H. Holmes. I knew it. So, yeah, I hope I told it okay. It was really <laughs> was hard great. for me to, like, not be like, oh, yeah, H.H. H. So I was like, Herman Webster Mudgett. Herman Webster Mudgett. <laughs> so, like, even over here, I had to write it. Mudgett Mansion. <laughs> it wasn't. It was a fucking murder castle. Which is located, you guys, at the corner of 63rd and Wallace Street in Chicago in Inglewood. And I've been to Chicago and could not get anyone to take me to that area because it is now the Inglewood Post Office. But if you're looking at the post office, to the left, there's a parking lot with, like, two trees. The way that the blueprints back then were built, where the post office is at now... In the basement of the post office, four feet of that basement was part of H.H. Holmes's basement of his murder castle. So four feet of the current post office, all the way down, is his murder castle. And they can't get permission to dig on their property because it's government property. And what's the point? I mean, the only people that give a shit are me and whoever's listening. Yeah. They're, They're done? Okay. So give me just one second. Um, that's it. What do you think? I mean, great story. Did I really? Yeah, really. I was so excited to tell that. I was that like, was, how that was good. Gonna, well, I was like, how am I gonna do this without being like, okay, so I think H.H. H. Holmes is Jack the Ripper. Like, I wanted to make it. Oh, but I had no idea. I mean, you you picked right up on it, but I had to be like, nope, because no. it's not. It's his birth name is Herman Webster Mudgett. No, I love the ending. That and was he great. was ma- made made. That motherfucker was made in New Hampshire, <laughs> <laughs> which he was, and then he came over here. That was that was really good. You liked it? Yeah. Ooh. That. Yeah. And that's why I tell the long stories, baby. Details. <laughs> and it, look, I'm burning up. What's up, Luke? 
I told the story, Jacob. We, we Fine. The Whatever. It was great. Okay. Doesn't mean you're better than me. I never said I'm I was not better, better than, than, you, than you, bitch. You. I never said I was better than you. I just know that I saw. I, look, no, I'm you on board. <laughs> no, I'm making someone it else solved this, and you're sitting in your fucking bed, sick with food poisoning. You're like, I agree with. Yes, that is it. That's what I think. That's Thanks exactly what I think, and I well, got so fucking passionate about it. But I hope you guys like that story. We actually have to like jump off of here. Oh, why? Well, I have something to say. Oh, go go for it. Yeah, uh, I'm just fucking with you. You don't have anything? Thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, you can contact us. Please do. If I did okay with that story, I I really need my ego stroke right now. Like, I'm just so... Wow. <laughs> I was really... You have no idea. I'm 35. I feel like I solved this case. I mean, you're glistening so right now with all your... Because I'm tan. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hot. It's fucking hot in here. So, yeah. That's it. Shoot us an email. Let me know if you like the stories. You can email us. Dead Academy Podcast. Gmail. Dot com. Or uh, reach out on Facebook. Instagram. Soon day, to be Twitter. Soon to be Twitter. We'll figure Have that a out. great week. And we'll catch up with you next week after Horror Hound. And we'll celebrate Friday the 13th together. Oh, yeah. Friday the 13th. Good times. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We love, our, yeah, we love you guys. And... Don't ever get in vans and don't hitchhike. And oh, oh, hold on. The other thing, sorry. In H. H. Holmes's box of shit that I, that he had that was found and then later given to the other tenants of the home. In there, get this, was a fucking scalpel. Two of them actually. And guess where they were made? London. In motherfucking London. And someone was like, "Well, hey, can you get these? Like, we're British." surgical utensils sold in America at that time and they really weren't I mean you mm-hmm. could get some but like we were so known well known for our steel that we made our own shit so there goes to show you another thing that motherfucker and there's proof he was in Whitechapel at that time and then the second he left that shit stopped look it up I'm definitely going to check out the show yeah. I mean it sounds interesting American Ripper it's on Amazon Prime it's Jeff Mudgett, the great-great-grandson of H.H. H. Holmes, and the CIA ex-operative, her name is, um, I forget what, it's a beautiful name. It's like... Michelle? And Malicia or something, Fox. <laughs> She's beautiful. She makes me want to get my hair cut into bangs. <laughs> She's gorgeous. But they're a team, and they, they're the ones that put this together. I'm just over here reaping in their hard work because I have no money and no way to prove any of these facts. But they did all that for me, so... Oh, I know. You sent me a text saying you solved the case. I did. That's great. All right. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends. Keep listening. Don't stop. Tell your friends because your friends don't. (laughs) Because your friends don't know us and therefore. They might have other friends that might have Yeah. Others don't know others. So keep informing others (laughs) so the others know us. Right. If you catch my drift. And have a wonderful weekend or week. This is you have a Fallon week. signing off. You want to say see ya? I thought you were going to say bye. Later. See ya! <laughs>